Welcome to Super Cool Super School Learning with Second Grade, where we share what we know about the Capitol Hill neighborhood in Washington, D.C. We are Capitol Hill Day School second grade students of 2021. In this podcast, 23 students worked hard to answer a specific question. How does the neighborhood meet the needs and wants of the community? We interviewed people on Capitol Hill to try to learn the answers. This is the first episode in a three-part series. In case you've never been to Capitol Hill, let us tell you about it. Capitol Hill is a place with lots of parks and row houses. There are a lot of schools on Capitol Hill. Ours is one of them, and it is called Capitol Hill Day School. The Capitol Hill neighborhood offers a lot of entertainment choices, such as restaurants, businesses, and parks that people can feel free to enjoy. You'll hear more about those in our next two episodes. There are big celebrations around here for different holidays, such as the 4th of July. The cities can sometimes be really loud. It can be hard to sleep at night. You might hear a lot of sirens ringing. It might even mean the president's car nearby. Speaking of presidents, the White House, where the president lives, is not too far from here, but in a different neighborhood. There are a lot of government buildings on Capitol Hill, in addition to our homes, businesses, and schools. The go- Women is here since Washington, D.C. is the capital of our country. Now that you know a bit about our neighborhood, let's get started. In this first segment, you'll hear from Lauren, Lizzie, Aubrey, Jackson, and me, Rosie. During this episode of Super Cool Super School, Learning with Second Grade, we are going to explore a couple of famous institutional buildings on Capitol Hill. Institutional buildings are are place places to get help, learn, or receive government services. As you might guess, one of the most famous institution institutions on Capitol Hill is the United States Capitol. Of course, did you know we can see the top of it from a school building? As we said earlier, because the government is in D.C., a lot of unexpected things can happen. Sometimes this means streets will get blocked off, or there may be a lot of people people protesting. But before we get too much further, first, let's introduce our first set of interviewers. I'll start. Hello, my name is Aukri. I am eight years old. I live in DC. One thing I like doing in Capitol Hill neighborhood is I live in an alley. It's super fun. Hi, my name is Lauren. I am eight years old. I live in Washington, DC. One thing I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is going to every single park. It is so fun. Hi, I'm Lizzie. I am eight years old. I live on Capitol Hill. One thing I like doing on Capitol Hill is going out with my family. Hello, my name is Rosie. I'm eight years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One of the things I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is going to Hill's Kitchen. Hello, my name is Jackson, 
and I'm seven years old, and I live in Washington, D.C., Northeast, and one thing I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is, um, is going to Garfield Park. To help us learn more about the Capitol, we, we interviewed Marty Shore over Zoom on February 11th. He also knows a lot about the Capitol because he works for the architect of the Capitol. Have you ever wondered how many rooms are in the Capitol and whether it has always been white? Today you'll find out you'll find out the answers to these questions and more. So second grade, I'm very um, honored and happy to introduce to you um, Mr. Marty Shore, who you can see, I'm sure, in his Zoom box. He's waving at you all. And um, I actually know Marty because through my through our synagogue, we are both members of the same synagogue, and that's how we know each other. But he has a very important job, as we talked about. He works for the architect of the Capitol. My name is Lauren, and when did the idea for building the Capitol come about, and how long did it take to build it afterward? Well, the idea for the Capitol came about with the, um, as the, as the uh, Republic got started. So when Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and all these folks got together to write the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, um, they actually began in Philadelphia. And the whole idea of this was dating back to ancient times where there was a Senate and a House and a Supreme Court. And uh, all those worked together to, to figure out how we should live and what the laws are. So the main thing for the, the idea of the Capitol was to make that into built form. So um, they started to build that in 1793. Original specifications were, we want two big rooms to meet, we want some offices, and uh, that was about it. <laughs> because that was the ideal for these, our founders. Uh, the Senate is in the North Wing, House of Representatives is in this South Wing, and together they are called Congress. And right in the middle of those two wings is a giant space, as you call the rotunda. And the space of the rotunda is really not set for any particular one thing. It's just a space to think, a space to see and uh, be in. The idea of the dome that you see now uh, was to give it some sense of magnificence. Um, and I think it does. So what they do there is they, uh, the Congress, the House and the Senate, they make laws. So glad you were able to speak to that, Marty. I think one thing we've noticed with second graders is that we often, when we ask about the, when we come up with questions about the Capitol, we're really wondering about the building, but it is important to know really what goes on in there. So I appreciate that you brought that up. Hi, 
How many rooms are in the Capitol? A lot. <laughs> um, according to the Capitol people who figured this out, there are 540 rooms in the Capitol. Wow. 540 rooms. And I only thought there were 11. <laughs> A little bit more. And let me tell you, there's 658 windows in the Capitol. Wow. A hundred and one of those windows are in the dome. And most importantly, there are 26 bathrooms. Hmm. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, there's only five in the Capitol, five or six. That others, uh, they realized that they didn't have enough and they built the, the rest of them in the Capitol Visitor Center. Wow. They're very nice bathrooms, actually. <laughs> it looks like the Capitol is white. Is That's right. painted white? And if so, has it always been that same color? No, no. The Capitol was originally made of local stone that was tan. Hmm. And it was from Virginia. It's called Aquaya Sandstone. It was from a quarry not, not too far away that they could float down the Potomac River and get to the Capitol. Unfortunately, that stone was bad in the weather. It sort of come, broke it apart when it rained and got hot and so forth. So they painted it, just like you paint houses in Capitol Hill. They painted it white and um, so originally you would see a brown building. Then, then uh, they added those two wings and those are out of marble. So those are stone and that is white. The Capitol Dome is made out of metal and that is painted white. There are so many different shades of white, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> candy in the capital there's two places or there's a lot of places there's a the best place to get candy in the capital is on the senate side it has the best candy and doesn't have drawers of candy it has boxes of candy <laughs> and it has all kinds of like uh chocolate uh yogurt yogurt covered pretzels good and plenties oh it's <laughs> it's, it's uh it's great See a lot of kids licking their lips and smiling and even some were jumping up and down at this. So, you know, now you guys have a reason to, you know, want to work there when you, when you grow up or go visit. Go ahead, Marty. You were gonna There's ask one them. more thing that the kids might like. Nope. Soda okay. machines. There's also some soda machines in the cap, about two or three of them. Hands up if that makes, if, if you like hearing that. Oh boy, a lot of excitement around that one. All right, well. Marty, that sounds like you know kids. Who is in charge of protecting the Capitol and, I mean, the Capitol? And can you tell us more about changes since the attack of January 6th? Okay. The U.S. Capitol Police is in charge of taking care of the Capitol. 
and keeping order in the Capitol. Their job is to protect Congress and the public who visits the Capitol, the US Capitol Police. There are 2,300 of them. Uh, after that, if there is need, they call up the DC police and DC police will come like when there's fireworks or songs or something happening. Yeah, it's a lot of police. Now, uh, what was the last part of the question? What has happened since the 6th? Uh, well, you see what's happened since the 6th. There's put, they put fences around it, uh, the Capitol. And uh, before that, I don't know if you noticed, there's what's called bollards. Do you know what a bollard is? It's like a place where you uh, rope, tie up a horse. <laughs> uh, if you all seen old Westerns, which you probably haven't. <laughs> but, uh, uh, they're just sort of protective pieces of metal that won't let cars drive through. It, uh, yeah, so they're doing a lot to protect the, the capital. Some of which we can tell you, some of which we're not supposed to tell you. Mm. Um, but obviously we're not doing enough as you saw on January 6th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good to know that there are 2,300 people regularly charged with that job. That's a, that's a really, it must be a really big job if they have to employ that many people. So what we can do though is take a second of our time to say thank you and goodbye to Marty. Um, you guys know how to do that. So you can unmute yourselves and show some appreciation for Marty's time and expertise today. Thank you, Marty. I hope to see you soon. In this next segment, you'll hear from Jackson again, and from me, Peter. Let me introduce myself. Hello, my name is Peter Linton. I am eight years old, and I live on Capitol Hill. One thing I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is getting district taco takeout and then going to a park to have a picnic. <laughs> to learn more about the shocking incident, incident that happened at the Capitol on January 6th when an insurrection threatened our American democracy. We found out that there is a member of the Capitol Hill Police who is an alum of Capitol Hill Day School. His name is Skyler Stegel. We met him outside of our school in Garfield Park on April 15th and asked him some questions about his work. After a brief stint in the corporate world, decided that wasn't for me. And a friend of mine kind of talked me into trying out law enforcement. Um, so here I am 22 years after giving it a try. Uh, I joined the Capitol Police mainly because I wanted to get into the protection division, which is what I'm in now. Uh, but I spent three years as a uniformed officer at the Capitol and on the grounds itself uh, before moving over to the Protection Division. Uh, so I've been there ooh, 
shortly after 9-11, which is probably something you guys are, will learn later on in life. And it's been a, it's been a great career for me. So I'm happy to answer to the best of my abilities with what I can say uh, with regards to my job, but uh, we, we, why don't we go from there? What do you do? What do you spend most of your time doing if you Capitol? So my understanding is, what what is a typical day for me like at the Capitol? Is that the question? Yep. Uh, when I'm here, actually in town, uh, a lot of times uh, my job is specifically for the protection of a certain member of Congress, and so my life, my work life, evolves around what his schedule is. We follow his schedule that we'll get the night before about what he's gonna be doing for today. And if we spend time at the Capitol, then that's where we're gonna be. It's not all thrills and excitement. A lot of times it's a lot of standing around or sitting around in the vehicle, but we do get to do a lot of traveling around. And, um, you know, it's basically, I, I follow around the person to make sure that what he does and that they can do in a safe manner throughout the day and no matter where they go. Uh, I'm actually what's called a team leader for my team. So I'm most of the time, I'm the person what we call the shoulder agent. So as they're walking around, I'm the one that's standing right behind them. Uh, but my, I work within a team uh, so that wherever he, where he goes somewhere, we have guys that go ahead in advance and set things up ahead of time. It's a lot of teamwork within a, a bunch of people to make sure that um, the person I'm assigned to can get through their day without any issues and on schedule as much as possible. My question was, how have things changed or stayed the same outside of the Capitol since January 6th? Well, we're still here. The building's still here. Congress is still here. So those are things that have stayed the same. Uh, some of the things that are changing are gonna be a lot of the security measures, both physically what we call physical security measures, like your barricades, fencing potentially, uh, stuff like that. I'm sure that will be, those are being discussed at the moment. Uh, but changing-wise, I think there's a lot of changes in mentality on, uh, of, of everybody, whether it's on the law enforcement side with my department or with the public, with people after seeing what happened and what can happen. You know, there's a lot of maybe people's minds are being changed uh, on how things are to be and how people are to interact with one another. At least I'm hoping. Skyler also told us about what inspired him to go into law enforcement and his favorite and least favorite things about his job. What inspired me to go into law enforcement? Uh, a lot of that actually came from a friend of mine who's also in law enforcement that I went to college with. He's actually uh, just about to retire as an ATF agent down in New Orleans. Uh, he's the one who kind of talked me into it. Um, when I was your age, I was part of the group of people that their Capitol Police would kick off the west side of the Capitol when it snowed because I'd go sledding there. It's a great hill to go sledding. Uh, now, now I understand it's somewhat legal from time to time, but they, they, or they allow it from time to time. Um, so a big joke that I always had was um, when I looked at different agencies, Capitol Police kept me here in D.C., which is what I liked. I liked being on Capitol Hill itself. It's a great neighborhood. And one of the things I always joked about, which I spoke with Lisa about, was I couldn't beat them, so I joined them. <laughs> but I still have... Uh, the one problem is, is I'm not allowed to sled on the west 
front of the Capitol. <laughs> Not anymore. I guess I have to wait till I retire. <laughs> Next question I, have, I see here is, uh, what's my favorite thing about my job and my least favorite thing? Uh, the favorite thing is being able to do things that I wouldn't ordinarily be able to do. Um, being on the stage of the inauguration of a president. Without my job, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, meeting, you know, being up close as I am to you, to foreign leaders that come up to the Capitol, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, one of my greatest things that I love about him was meeting the Dalai Lama when he came up, because I was on his protection detail when he came up to the Capitol. Um, those are things that I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't have this job. Um, one of the least favorite things, though, is living my life off of somebody else's schedule. It was powerful to hear about someone who was right at the Capitol during the San January 6th insurrection. We are glad Skyler was okay. Another interesting institution on the Capitol Hill that sits right across from the Capitol is the United States Supreme Court. In this final segment for today, you'll hear from Kate, Clara, Sentry, and from me, Talia. Allow me to introduce myself. Hello, my name is Talia Hollander. I am eight years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One thing I like to do in the Capitol neighborhood is, is just scooting to Lincoln Park and playing with the dogs, playing with my friends. Hi, my name is Kate McLean. I'm eight years old. I live in Capitol Hill. One thing I like to do in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is go to Garfield Park and hang out with my friends. Hello, my name is Clara Fitzgerald, and I am seven years old. I live in Cheverly, Maryland. One thing I like doing in Capitol Hill, the Capitol Hill neighborhood, is going to Eastern Market and buying um, some crepes from the crepe man there. Hello, my name is Sentry, and I am seven years old. I live in Capitol Hill neighborhood. And one thing I really like doing in Capitol Hill neighborhood is going biking with my dad. It's very fun, and I just and it's I just really like doing it. Oh yay! Oh yay! We couldn't interview any of the justices, but we did speak to a Capitol Hill Day School parent who has argued before the, before the court. Her name is Sarah Harrington. We talked to her on Zoom on March 19th. My name is Talia. What does it feel like to be inside the Supreme Court? That is a great question, Talia. So um, it's you saw a video of it. It's actually like a pretty small room. I think people are sometimes surprised by how small it is. You picture maybe like Congress or something, which has these really giant rooms but it's pretty small. And um, I don't know if you remember from the pictures you've seen, but there are these tables kind of up near the front. The justices sit on the bench in the front and there's tables right in front of them. Um, and, and it's actually, you're pretty close to the justices and they're kind of up above you. Um, and so 
the first couple of times I argued, I thought it felt really scary, to be honest, that it was like very intimidating. You know, you're kind of in there and you think, oh my goodness, it's the US Supreme Court. Like, what, what am I doing here? Um, but then once it gets, for me, once it got started, I felt more comfortable. And um, then you're like really ready to do the thing you prepared to do. But I always think for me, the hardest part of the oral argument is the, the time when you're sitting in the courtroom waiting for it to start, because I start to feel kind of nervous. And it is like, it's a very formal room and it feels really like important. Um, but that part's, that's sort of the fun part also. Did you know that cameras are not allowed inside of the Supreme Court while a case is being heard? To capture seconds from oral arguments, courtroom sketch artists will attend and draw pictures of what's happening. Sarah showed us a drawing of her. We wanted to hear more about what's going on in the sketch. Hi, my name is Kate, and can you describe the case or cases you are arguing in the Supreme Court? And, and what's the one in the sketch? Oh, great. Um, so I've argued lots of different kinds of cases. Um, so most of the ones I've argued, I was working for the Justice Department. So I was representing the government, the United States. Um, and the one in the sketch was a case about voting. I'm sure you guys have talked about Congress um, in, when you've studied Capitol Hill. And um, you probably know that in this isn't true in DC, but in other states, um, there are different, the states are broken up into different areas and you get a member of Congress um, for each of those areas. And that case in that sketch I was arguing was about who gets to decide how to draw those lines, how to, how to decide which, um, you know, what the groups are that get the different representatives. Um, but I've argued um, criminal cases. I argued one about a, mur a murder that took place in the graveyard and um, I was representing the government and we had prosecuted the guy who murdered someone. And it was a question about um, how you decided if he had committed a particular type of crime that made it a crime the United States could prosecute instead of the state prosecuting. Um, I've argued um, cases since I, uh, in the time when I wasn't with the government where I was representing a criminal defendant, someone who'd been pulled over by the police. Um, and the constitution tells us that police can't just stop people based on no reason. They can't pick, they can't stop you because of the way you look or because they think you have a lot of money or not, not very much money. They have to have what's called a probable cause to think that you've committed a crime. And so this was a case about whether in certain circumstances they had enough probable cause to pull my client over. Um, so I've done a whole variety of things. Hi, my name is Jackson. And what was your most interesting case? Oh, good question, Jackson. So I've had a lot that I really enjoyed. Um, I mentioned that there was one about murder in a graveyard and that one was kind of a, um, a fun and interesting case. Um, I argued this case in um, a case a couple of months ago on the phone that was about um, whether people who had um, had really bad things done to them in, during World War II a long time ago, whether they could sue the countries that had done bad things to them. And that was a really interesting case because it was, um, the legal question was interesting and my clients were people who had had terrible things done to them and were just trying to get some justice. And so it's always nice when you're, the person you're standing up for um, is like a great person and you're trying to get justice for them. So that one was probably one of my favorites. My name is Sentry, and my question for you is, have you argued a case from home? Yeah, 
Yes. So I argued a case on the phone, um, although I went to my office to do it because um, my daughter, Lucy, I felt was likely to burst in on me in the middle of the argument um, if I did it from home. So, um, but at the Supreme Court, they're doing it on the phone right now. They're not using Zoom um, and they haven't ever really explained why, but um, as you saw from the, the sketches, they don't have any cameras in the courtroom in normal times. And I think they just didn't want to um, sort of head in that direction by doing Zoom. But I did also argue a case on Zoom in a court of appeals last May, um, and, and that worked pretty well. Hello, my name is Clara, and my question is, do you want to be a justice on the Supreme Court? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I have mixed feelings about it. First of all, it's a hard thing to plan for. There's only nine of them, and once you get that job, you have it for as long as you want for the rest of your life. And so there are not a lot of openings. Um, so it's not something people, most people should plan on because very few people get to do it. Um, I think it'd be really fun to be a judge. Um, I might, I think I might like being a court of appeals judge better than being a Supreme Court justice just because um, you have more people you're working with. It's a little bit of a bigger court. You're less likely to get recognized at the grocery store in DC that you probably wouldn't be recognized anywhere else if you're, even if you're on the Supreme Court. Um, so I think that would appeal to me, but, um, but I do think being a judge would be really interesting because you really like your job is to like figure out what the right answer is to really hard questions. And um, that's something that I like to do. All right, well, this was wonderful. I think we got a lot of great information and we really appreciate your time. And maybe when COVID is over, you'll get to return to the court and maybe we'll see you around Capitol Hill Day School when parents are allowed to return yes. to the grounds here. Yeah, I can't wait. Look, look for me with a little redheaded net. Well, you know it's me. All right. The second grade, can you guys share some appreciation with thank you so much for your time? Thank you for having me and for asking such really thoughtful questions. That was fun. Thanks, Sarah. All right, bye. Good day. This episode of Super Cool Supers, Google Learning the Second Grade, is adjourned. We'd like to thank Marty Shore, Skylar Stegall, and Sasha Harrington for their expertise on this illusion on Capitol Hill. Our teachers, you might sometimes hear in the background, are Anne Claire Castine, David Shuey, and Lisa Summers. Lisa organizes all of our interviews. Mr. Shuey did our music, and Anne Claire edited our produce this podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you can join us again next time.